We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. It's been a historical franchise in this league for years. We have a trade to announce. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. A lot more NBA news to break down. We've got rumors and all sorts of things to dive into as the trade deadline does get closer and closer. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Joined by Keith Smith rocking the Celtics green today at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, before we get into everything, we had a little apparent mishap yesterday that <laughs> neither one of us knew anything about. Um I, and I don't even know how do we even describe this. There was a an, an audio Just anomaly. Fartgate. Fartgate. Yeah. That's a Fartgate. <laughs> so, I went right to it. You were trying to be be nice and be professional, and I went right to Fartgate. You went Fartgate. I went audio anomaly. But in <laughs> in any event, so yesterday we had people mentioning this in the comments from yesterday's show, our Western Conference show that it sounds like somebody was having some digestive issues at, at a certain point in our show. I've never had this come up before. And obviously neither one of us heard it live nope. because neither one of us is mature enough to hear that live and not comment on it and not say a hundred percent. That's how I know it wasn't a part. One of the two of us would have called it out. And we, we would have laughed about it like children. Cause when I heard it, like I laughed like yeah. a child and I was like, what is that? So <laughs> the only thing I could think of is at that moment, if you're watching the video, I was fidgeting with some stuff on my desk here and I've got this, like this screen that sits right behind my mic. All I can think is I must have moved that and it slid in a certain way on my table or something like that. Must have. <laughs> in any event, we'll see if it, if it happens again today, but um, you know what? The, the random stuff that occurs when you're recording, <laughs> in sort of a, a quasi live setting like like we are and we're not going to go back and rewatch the entire show before we put it out there you never know sometimes crazy stuff happens absolutely that's how you guys know you get kind of unfiltered there there's not a lot of editing <laughs> going on here because we try we try to purposely not curse a lot yeah. and things like that because we want to keep it fairly clean but yeah it's uh 
you're 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 getting basically the same live cut that you would if if you were sitting there watching while we record. We we don't do a lot of editing unless something really gets butchered mm-hmm. badly. And uh, fart neither one of us heard would not uh, make the list there. So yeah, off we go. Off we go. Off we go. All right, let's get into today's news. By the way, I this was a sneaky way to just boost the numbers for our last show because now anybody who didn't watch it's going to go back and they're going to be looking for that. But um, in any event, uh, we got to talk about James Harden. James, James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to make it through this show. Nope. <laughs> James oh, Harden man. is open to leaving the Nets. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, he is apparently, according to Jake Fisher, Bleacher Report, open to leaving the Brooklyn Nets this offseason. And that's part of what's fueling this whole speculation that the 76ers may, may really just let the trade deadline come and go. Say, sorry, Ben Simmons sit on the sideline for the rest of the season and then try to use him in a sign and trade for Harden this off season. So I think this does gives a, a little bit more legitimacy to the idea that the mm-hmm. 76ers might really might not be bluffing here, might really be okay with letting the trade deadline come and go with no Simmons trade. But I also think it's interesting that James Harden isn't exactly happy in Brooklyn when this is the team he picked. We talked about this yesterday he had the opportunity to either go to the 76ers or to the Nets. He picked the Nets, and now he's perhaps, to some degree, regretting his decision. So what do we make of this? Sure, yeah. I I think the main thing is that there's there's this is another one of those when there's this much smoke, there's bound to be at least a small fire somewhere that you have to look at and, and to see you know where is this going and i think that there is a chance that maybe james harden isn't as thrilled in in brooklyn a couple of things that jake fisher called out and some others have i don't know if they've been quite as direct as jake was in his article Mm -hmm. i think they've more alluded to it but he feels a lot of pressure with kevin durant out and Kyrie irving only able to play in road games uh that he's going to really carry the team it's kind of thrown him back to his houston days uh there's a lot of thought of he's just in general not happy with Kyrie irving uh not playing in in the uh, road games and doing what he needed to do to be eligible for those there was also a uh the thought thrown out there that he really kind of likes the idea of playing with Joel Embiid, who would you know be the best big he's ever played with, which that's not saying a whole lot because it's Joel Embiid. He'd be the best big a whole lot of guys have ever played right. with in the league today. Um, you know, there's a handful that maybe have played with with better uh, big men, but he's you know one of the best in the game right now. So I do think that is it's it, it's interesting. I think when you start getting into the contract detail stuff, that's where you can see he's not leaving a whole lot of money on the table. He's in a very unique position. In most cases, um, a player has to, they can only get more um, as a free agent that changes teams mm-hmm. in a sign and trade. Let me rephrase this. In a sign-and-trade, a free agent can only get what they would get by signing with a team outright. Now, in James Harden's case, because his salary is already above the maximum, he can get more than the kind of locked-in maximum amount. That happens with a handful of guys, generally guys who are 10-plus years into their contracts mm-hmm. that have those big deals that are you know, 40 $50 million in that range. So what that means is he can get 105% of his prior salary. Okay. So that's about six extra million, roughly six, six and a half extra million, uh, roughly in first year salary. 
then what the difference becomes is he can only get 5% raises if he's moved uh, via sign and trade as a free agent this summer. Whereas if he resigns with the Nets, he can get 8% raises. Mm -hmm. But that first year salary number is big. And that's kind of what everything keys off of because five and 8% makes a difference, but it's that, that first year salary that makes a difference. There's also a thought of it would be best if he opts in, and then is traded because oh. then he would have to wait six months. But then after six months, he could sign an extension with Philadelphia at his full amount with the 8% raises and all of that. Oh. And if, if that's the way that plays out, that is going to be a very much a uh, wink, wink. Right. Hey, like, well, maybe we'll talk about an extension later knowing like day, whatever it is, you know, six months from the date, we, we, there's an extension locked in sure. uh, for the number of years. So, I'm not going to say it's this is locked in, this is happening. But if a Simmons trade doesn't happen, I think you're going to see this really ramp up for the rest of this year. And that's going to be something the Nets are going to have to deal with because they're a title contender right now. The Sixers already passed the answering, you know, what about Simmons questions? Yeah. That ship has sailed for them. The Nets, though, are going to have to answer a whole bunch of questions, including James Harden the rest of the way of, are you here? Are you going to leave? Are you going to go? You know, what does it look like? And all that stuff. And that that kind of becomes an interesting subplot, subplot to the season for one of the best teams in the league. It also means for us, the Simmons siren will never die. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what it because it means. If this goes past Great. the trade deadline and goes into the summer, we're talking about another, what, six months of talking about a Ben yeah. Simmons trade. Um, so Five at least. There, yeah, yeah if, if not more. So there's that, there's that added to it, I suppose. But when I'm looking at this situation, if the 76ers feel pretty good, like, hey, we've got, even if it's what, a 50% chance that we could get James Harden in the offseason, right? If there's their hearing, back channels, that sort of stuff then that's got to be part of their decision-making process uh -huh. when they're evaluating trades right now. Hey, if we wait, yep. this might be there, right? And so that's something that they have yeah, to factor absolutely. in. Yeah, because what they're what you're doing there is unless it's a 100% chance at the trade deadline of Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard or mm -hmm. you know other superstar that's you know not expected to be available – you don't do it because the Kings package of guys, the Timberwolves package of guys, Pacers package of guys, three team constructions with those guys. You assume all those will still be there this summer mm -hmm. if you don't get hardened and you can revisit those then. It's so right. I have said for a long time, I thought Ben Simmons would be gone by the trade deadline. I'm off that now. Now I think it's far less likely that he's traded by the trade deadline. I think he's going to stick right where he is unless some team gets really, really crazy and gets, you know, super silly with, you know, hey, we're going to throw picks and players and everything else. That Philly then says, well, we'll just flip these guys for James Harden right. in the summer. That's where it could could still happen. But but I, I think they're going to hang right on there and say, hey, whatever this season is, it is. And then we're going to really try to load up next year. Again, we said this on the last show. This is their last best mm -hmm. chip to really put a title contender around Joel Embiid just because they've got other salary stuff they got to work around and wait out. So Simmons, this is the best uh, opportunity for them to go get that player, uh, both from a talent part of a trade and the salary matching part of a trade as well. And let's face it, if you're the Nets and you know James Arden is leaving, getting Ben Simmons is not is not a bad uh, compensation there for James Harden going away, right? I mean, we've seen teams where 
they a star level player hits free agency they're over the cap that guy leaves and there's nothing they can do to replace mm-hmm. him if you're the nets yep. and you can walk away from james harden leaving with ben simmons you gotta feel i mean obviously you don't want james Harden to leave but you gotta feel like hey we were pretty fortunate to be in this particular situation if james harden decides yeah. to leave if i'm the nets too let's Let's be positive and assume the Kyrie situation is resolved mm-hmm. next season, one way or another. By the start of the next season, yeah. he is able to play in every game. I'm feeling pretty good with Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie Irving as my grouping because Kyrie and Durant together that offsets a lot of the Simmons issue there because they they can do so much stuff and he they that team needs a boost defensively he would give them that they need a you know another guy who can kind of at that point replace harden's playmaking ability and simmons can presumably do that so i wouldn't hate that idea if i was the nats i i wouldn't want to do it right now because i know some will ask them why not do it right now no you got to see this out because you still they still may be the best team in the league you know we we don't know um you know we'll, we'll see what it looks like i don't know that they are. I don't know that I'd make them the favorites or even the co-favorites, but I, they're going to be there. They're going to make noise, you know, when, before all is said and done. So yeah, but that's, that, that becomes very interesting. I think all around there's, there's a lot of intrigue here, but I, I, now I think this drags into the, into the off season. And if you're the Nets and you're looking at your path to a championship, what you don't want is to do that deal now and then run into James Harden and Joel Embiid in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. And, and so you would rather, hey, absolutely. you'd rather yeah. have, if you're running to the 76ers, yep. have it be the 76ers with Ben Simmons sitting on the sideline than the 76ers with James Harden in their in their lineup. So, yeah, that's another thing, too. Yeah, yeah. you don't need to make a team you may need to go through uh, any stronger. Exactly. Uh, let's jump to Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, yeah. uh, reportedly, according to, to Jake Fisher, Bleach Report, offered a list of teams to the Pistons that he would consider going to. And we've talked about this. He does have maybe not a lot of power. There are teams that would still trade with trade for him, but he's a free agent, not this off season, but the following off season, he is extension uh-huh. eligible, eligible this off season though. So that does allow him to direct his landing spot to some degree. And again, we've talked about it. Some teams will just say, you know what, we'll bring him in and we'll convince him to stay. Some teams will take that risk, but he can sort of influence things a little bit in this situation. He's not under contract for four years or, or something like that. So what are your thoughts? And we haven't heard who's what teams are on the list. We have heard some rumblings, no. though, that he doesn't want to become like a afterthought in, on the offensive end. He wants to still have a role on that side of things, doesn't want to become like the fourth option on offense wherever he goes. So that may help dictate where the Jeremy Grant trade situation goes. We know a lot of teams want him, but if he wants to still be a major piece to an offense somewhere, that could limit the number of teams that are really in the running form. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, the tricky part is what pressure is he going to put on you? One for his role in the offense, as you said, and two, we're hearing he wants the max extension he can get, which is almost $30 million a year. And that's, that's the part where I would be like, yeah, let's see how things go. Like I'm not locking into anything that would, again, that have to be one of these wink, wink under the table kind of deals where we're agreeing to that outside of the parameters of everything else. But I would not do that if I was a acquiring team. Cause I need to just see it right. He's Jeremy Grant looked great in Denver when he was the third or fourth guy. Mm-hmm. 
got paid, put up really good counting stats in Detroit. And by counting stats, I mean points, rebounds, assists. But his efficiency plummeted. It went way into the toilet. His turnovers went up. His shooting efficiency was really bad. It just, it's harder. Now, you could say, all right, well, because that's because it's him and nothing. All right, so if you put him in one other guy, Maybe, right? Maybe you can 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 get there with that. But that's these are all the questions you're having right now if you're a front office. Because what you're doing is you're at the point now we're roughly two weeks out from the deadline. We're a couple days away from being two weeks out. So you're sitting down and saying, all right, we know we we have the ability to go get Jeremy Grant. Now the question internally for your team is, should we? Right. You know, what should we pay? What should we give up? What should we, you know, look, look to do? And what is our plan after we have him here? Because that that has to be, you know, a massive part of that. And that's where you also involve your coach and coaching staff as well. Is hey, we have this opportunity. Where does it go? In general, the coaching staffs are not heavily involved in trades because that's what the front office does, and the coach deals with the fallout. But in a situation like this, knowing what's going on, the good thing I think here is and why we may see a move is it sounds like he's on board mm-hmm. it was very well publicized James Edwards of the Athletic who covers the Pistons wrote the best article on this about Jeremy Grant picked the Pistons because he wanted to play for a team that was run by a black general manager and had a black head coach and that was very very important to mm-hmm. him now it sounds like he has I, I, I don't want to say had that experience but it's he has an understanding with Troy Weaver the Pistons GM of hey now I get it. Like we need, you need to do what's best for the Pistons. As long as you, you know, take care of me and send me somewhere I want to be, where we're going to make this all work out well. So I think that was why last year I was very, I beat the drum over and over of no one's trading Jeremy Grant. The Pistons are not doing this. You know, that's a good way to turn around and tell free agents, Hey, don't ever sign here because yeah. we have no interest in what you cared about. So let's see where this goes. I, I think he's, there's a chance he moves because 10, tends to be as long as a player is actually truly tradable. It's not like one of these John wall, $50 million contract deals. Mm-hmm. As long as the trade players actually tradable, the best player on the trade market at the trade deadline pretty regularly gets moved. So I do think there's a pretty good chance we see, see uh, Jeremy Grant get traded. Agreed. I mean, there's, it's a seller's market and you've got a lot of teams that want Jeremy Grant. He is, he's the guy, right? He's the top of the list yep. for a lot of teams. I'd have mm-hmm. to imagine Somebody, whatever the the Pistons price point is, somebody's going to hit it. Somebody is going to offer what they want and he's going to get moved. I have a hard time seeing him still in Detroit uh, after the trade deadline. And we also got word that the Kings and Hawks, who are two teams that are heavily in pursuit of Ben Simmons, are also in on Jeremy Grant, which is interesting. If the 76ers just say, we're out, we're not trading Simmons, we're going to wait for James Harden, see you later. Mm -hmm. The Kings and Hawks make a lot of sense as teams that could instantly go, okay, cool. Well, let's pivot over here to Jeremy Grant and see if we can get something done this way. Obviously, they wouldn't be offering the same package, but to me, logically, it makes a lot of sense that these would be two teams that would be strongly interested in landing Jeremy Grant. Yeah, I mean, the Kings, they're going to do whatever it is the Kings do. I mean, that just seems odd. I don't, that one doesn't make any sense to me. I personally think Harrison Barnes is a better player and I think is a better fit. Um, I would rather, if I'm going to go acquire Jeremy Grant, just keep Harrison Barnes. If I was the Kings, if that's really the way you're going, personally trade Harrison Barnes and don't acquire Jeremy Grant. Like, are we, do we know that Harrison Barnes is in that package? We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, I mean, no, I'm not saying for Jeremy Grant. I'm just saying in, in, in general, general, you wouldn't want him you know, eating into those minutes. Yeah, or, I would okay. rather have Harrison Barnes and Jeremy Grant in general. Okay. So I would just, if Fair. I'm not, if I'm trading for Jeremy Grant, I'm not rebuilding, right? Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't make sense. It's not a rebuilding move. He's not a young up and coming player. He's not under contract for the next three seasons. So you're really starting to say, all right, we're going to turn this thing around quickly. Well, if you're going to turn around quickly, in my personal opinion, just keep the guy you already have and then do your other moves to turn mm-hmm. around. But I mean, that's the, you know, it's the Kings, the Hawks side, get it right. The Hawks have slipped. They've fallen in the, in, you know, the standings quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, you know, they're, they're, they have not had the year they really were expected to have uh, coming off of uh, this success last year. But I think for them, what happens is Grant fits because they're trying to be good right now and right away. Uh, but we can pivot because it sounds like the guy they're shopping is their big uh, trade chip is John mm-hmm. Collins. Um, now, Jake Fisher reports Collins for Grant works straight up. I forget who it was. Somebody else had reported that the Pistons didn't really have interest in John Collins. Um, I'm not entirely sure I understand why if, I, if you're the Pistons. Yeah. I feel like be a pretty good running mate for uh for kid cunningham uh at this point but john collins is a guy who is um he i'm pulling it up to make sure i have this right yeah he's only 24 doesn't turn 25 until till before next season starts and he's in year one of a four-year 125 million dollar contract pretty good deal for him uh and the last year's got a player option, so you, you know, but that's far enough how you you deal with that, let it come when it comes, and figure that out. And I think we've gone a little too far. John Collins is good. Like I feel like he's been kind of the guy who's taking the beating for this Hawks season, going off the rails. He's really good. He can rebound. He can shoot. He can score. He can finish. Um, he's an improved defender. He's still not a great defender, but he's improved enough that he can anchor some small ball units. So yeah, I I, I don't I don't know, but. I mean, if the Hawks really put him on the table, I imagine you're going to have a whole bunch of teams mm-hmm. out there trying to trying to snap up John Collins if they can. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would think that the market for John Collins, it might not be quite as robust as Jeremy Grant just because you can play so many different ways, but you kind of can with sure. John Collins too. Like team, yeah, teams would be, you can play three, be four, maybe small ball five. Yeah, yeah. teams would be in yeah. on, on John Collins if he is truly out there on the market. So that's an interesting yeah. one. If you're the Hawks and however you, you get there financially, if you can make a swap, John Collins for Jeremy Grant, are you doing that deal? Um, Here's why I think about it. If I'm the Hawks, I would do that before I would sacrifice 
other players on my roster in salary clearing moves because this this is why the Hawks are interested in moving John Collins. He because of his his new deal, you also have Trey Young's extension kicking in. He's very likely to hit the designated player, which will bump him up a tier. Um, so that'll be thirty five point seven million dollars next year. Then it's hard to forget, but Kevin Herter signed his extension too. So his salary jumps to 14 and a half million Mm -hmm. Capella added a couple years after that. So you've got a lot of money locked up in this roster over the next three, four seasons. And I think that's why they'd be looking to clear out Collins, not as much next year because he only makes slightly more than Jeremy Grant does. But what it does do is it allows you to kind of reset things um, here. Cause if you don't, Love Grant, you flip him in another trade and move him along somewhere else. But I think it's more like if they move Collins, what they do is get a couple players mm-hmm. who make less money. You know, maybe they make twenty million combined, and that's how you you moved Collins and you kind of reset things there a little okay. bit. Okay, that that makes sense. That makes sense. The Hawks yeah. go that route. They're in a tough spot, man. Uh, they 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 paid because the team won and made that playoff run, and now those guys haven't paid that back because it's been a poor season. And, but you, you almost have to really have a sense of, was this a one-year anomaly that we slipped or was last year the anomaly? And then really have that that internal conversation. Because if you're thinking at all, well, last year was the weird season, not this year, then you should be starting to move some guys and look to reset around Trey Young. And right now they are a game and a half out of the play-in tournament. Um, the Washington Wizards, who have been slipping, currently sitting in the 10 seed. Mm-hmm. So the Hawks, I mean, if they make the right move at the deadline, they can get themselves into the mix there. The question yeah. is, what can they do from there? Is this a team that can really move into the second round? Maybe, you know, can they can sure. they get to where they wanted to go? That's the question mark. And that's something they're going to have to figure out before they make a move this offseason. Yeah, and we, or this, we uh, trade don't deadline. love the cliche of, they're the team no one's going to want to play, right? <laughs> right? But, I mean, it's kind of true, right? You you wouldn't want to see them get through the play-in because I always look at a team like that is in the playoffs when you're a huge underdog, how do you win? Well, you you steal a game where you make a whole bunch of three-pointers. Mm-hmm. All right, that can happen. And then Trey Young's good enough. He can win a game or two on his own. And now, all of a sudden, if you're the higher seed, you're in a series you don't really want to be in. And that's where it gets you know, really kind of tricky to you know deal with with a team like Atlanta. So you know, I think a lot of teams would much rather see them. Yeah, hey, just keep goofing around and miss the, the whole thing entirely. And then we don't have, well, we'll see it you know, in 2022 and go from there. Speaking of players who have been, been missing, and then the Hawks have kind of been MIA this season, but... The Lakers have also been uh, a disappointment, certainly, in in how they've performed this season. They're not where we expected them to be, but it looks like tonight they will be getting Anthony Davis back. Yeah. Finally, in, in yeah. action. I, I say finally. He's been out since the middle of December, um, dealing with an MCL sprain, and uh, the Lakers have certainly needed him. They need him on the defensive end of the floor. Their defense has slipped greatly since he got hurt, and he's a guy who can certainly help them out. I, I I don't know that AD coming back fixes all the problems that ail the Lakers. I certainly don't think that's going to be the case. But I also think you can't look at a player of AD's caliber and say, oh, Anthony Davis, that doesn't that doesn't move the needle at all. That doesn't help this team. No, I think he absolutely will help. And uh, yeah. more than anything else, it'll be good just to see him back out there on the floor, though, and, and healthy again. Yeah, anybody who's saying it, it makes no difference, they're, they're quite frankly, they're rooting for the Lakers to fail at that point because that's just 
silly. I get it. Anthony Davis wasn't Anthony Davis at the start of this season, wasn't shooting the ball well, wasn't the same kind of, you know, he's just such a defensive, destructive defensive mm-hmm. force um, when he's right. And he wasn't really that kind of guy. But I mean, yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I, I had this conversation with someone just this morning. They're only two games out of the sixth seed. Yeah. Because, you know, Denver hasn't been able to really create that separation. The four games to catch Dallas, that's starting to get a little bit of an ask. Uh, the six and a half to catch Utah, that's that's not happening. I can't imagine they're going to climb all the way up there because you'd also have to climb you know, over four teams right. to make that happen. But getting into the sixth seed, yeah, that's 100% on the table because, you know, LeBron just keeps doing what he's doing. Get Anthony Davis back. Here's how I really sum it up is, Anthony Davis is better than the combination of whatever they're getting from Dwight Howard and Trevor Ariza. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the replacement you're looking for there. Maybe Stanley Johnson, you throw him in the mix, but you know, he's going to give you everything that those guys give you and more. And then they're going to give you whatever they can in, you know, the whatever minutes are left over. And I think too, this is a chance because now other than Kendrick Nunn, you start to get maybe a look at, or what is it this they envisioned to be? Right. You know, because now you have Ariza, you've got LeBron, you've got AD, you've got Russ, you've got everybody else. You know, how does this start to come together over the next couple of weeks and and see? And, you know, and then it'll be, all right, move on from player X at the trade deadline with, you know, a second or cash or whatever to dump their contract and open up spots for the buyout market or whatever you're going to do to make those minor moves and, and just keep going. So, yeah, it's big to get them back now versus getting them back two weeks from now after the trade deadline because you get a you, at least you get a couple week look at all right this is where we really feel like we're at right now. and this is this will be the healthiest they've been all season with just kendrick nunn yeah. out of action um yep. cameron Payne. speaking of injuries out two weeks tough blow for the the phoenix suns yeah. uh, one of the one of our favorite contracts from the offseason cameron Payne. Mm-hmm. that was a great deal for the Suns, but uh, but he will be out of action for a bit here. So that's something, you know, the Suns have kind of quietly dealt with some injuries this season. A lot of teams, a lot, I, you hear this chatter around the NBA of like, oh, this team has been pretty much healthy all season. No, they've had some things that they've had mm-hmm. to deal with certainly. And, uh, and now Cameron Payne will be out of action. So another thing for them to, for them to overcome here. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, Devin Booker missed a chunk yep. of time. DeAndre Ayton has missed missed a chunk of time already. He's out again now. Karen Payne's out. Jay Crowder also hurt. Uh, sounds like he's day to day with a wrist bruise um, for him. So he he's out. And you know what? Seven wins, nine and one in their last ten. Thirty-seven and nine, best record in the NBA. They're now three and a half up on the Oof. Warriors uh, in, in the West. I mean, if if you had to really pin me down right now at this moment and say, you have to pick a team to win the title, I think I'd pick Phoenix. Mm. I, I really do. I think they're that good. I just say, and you know what? They've got a move to make too. Cause they got that Dario yeah. Sarge contract just sitting there that they can get thrown to a trade. And it's so important when you can put a, a player like that because of their contract into a trade 
because you're not sacrificing any production. You're not really giving anything to get something, you know, which is, you know, in the case of so many other teams, you have to give something to get something. That's not the case. It's just moving that on. Now, the question is, will they? Right. You know, and are they going to take on any money or anything like that? I mean, they're, you know, they should. they're not exactly known for, no. you know, piling on the payroll. Oh, so let's see where that goes. But, but man, are they good. When you've got a chance, you know, so when you've got a chance to win it, to, to really win it, yeah. you got to do it. You got it. You yeah. have to. It was so close you have last to do year. It. Yeah. I think people have forgotten they were up 2-0 in the finals. Yep. Like they, they were up 2-0. And then, you know, Giannis kind of went bananas and, you know, said, yeah, we're not losing this thing. And that's, you know, but yeah, man, you, you have to. If you're that close, you got to go for it. Because how many more Chris Paul years like this are you getting? I can't, you know, maybe it's another couple, but I, I don't know, yeah. you know, and Devin Booker's there now. DeAndre Ayton is good. You know, your role players are around. Those guys are really, really good. Like, yeah, I just, I feel like they've got to move in them. Not a, not a, not a blockbuster, no, but, but just shore up the rotation, that, yeah. get, get a little bit more depth and yep. Yeah. Can you keep that thing cranking? But man, they, they are good. Dad young, come on down and then off you go. That's, that's yeah. the move I'm trying to Dad make. young or, you know, that's a spot where I would not hate if they wanted to get involved on, uh, you know, probably not Jeremy Grant because I think that's, it's, it's too he expensive. wants too big of a yeah. role. Yeah, too expensive. But if you wanted to use Sarich and Landry Shamit or somebody like that in a trade and go get Harrison Barnes. Oh, yeah. Harrison Barnes could, would be great. You know, maybe your super six mm-hmm. man off the bench or something like that. Like, now you're really starting to look at that team and you're like, man, that team just doesn't have any holes, right? right? They, they already really kind of don't, but it's, you know, boy, boy they, they would be tough if they, if they make, yeah, one more, one more move to shore up that rotation. And it's, it's, it's going to be really, really tough to get them out in the playoffs. Speaking of making one more move, James Jones gets yeah. an extension with There's them. And this is, this is what happens when your team's doing well. Uh, you yep. you see ex- extensions go to front office personnel. So good to see him. Yep, get well earned. Yep, very well earned. You know, done a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, running that team, especially when it was under tricky circumstances. Let's just say Absolutely. that over the last couple of seasons. All right, I think that's about everything today. We got got through it all. Appreciate everybody joining us. Make sure that you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Ring the notification bell. If you're listening to this over on a podcast, if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is, make sure you follow us there as well. Trade deadline's getting closer. We'll be back tomorrow with all the latest. Till then, everybody, see ya and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.